Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to week 13 of Technology for Teachers. This is the 13th of April. Anybody having to do their taxes? Or people doing taxes for you? This is like the first year ever I've had mine early. Normally I'm waiting till the 14th, very stressful. So because of our house stuff, we had to do it in January. And that, that's a wonderful thing. So. Yes, and yeah, and things, I mean, they, the, web, the websites and stuff like that can be slower and, you know, always better to, to do it early. Today our plan is to mainly focus on our unit plan. If you look at our syllabus and what we um, have to accomplish in our class before the end, there are two more assignments that are uh, significant parts of your grade as well as the final that remain. We've got the unit plan, which we're going to be talking about today, and we're flipping the order and doing that first before the smart board lesson. So we're going to talk unit plan today, and um, that'll be due in two weeks on Friday. Next week we'll be doing smart board stuff and having just a basic smart board lesson that you'll be asked to do. And um, then we're going to have a in class, multiple choice final, and I'm going to give you a list of items that will be drawn upon for those questions next week, and we'll be able to chat about those and discuss those, but, but it's going to be you know nothing new, of course, just things that we have talked about previously um, in the class. So I do want to demonstrate, because I've had some requests for questions as far as the screencast, and so we'll take a look at the screencast and do a a quick demo of that before we talk about the CD. If you came in late, come grab a CD. Um, we've got these that really at one point was the basis for this entire class. Everything came from that CD, and it's a very Microsoft Office-focused CD. There's a lot of good information and things that are on that. We're going to just be drawing out a few items um, on that today. So before we show a video, I don't know if you heard this. They have canned the flip video. Did you all hear that announcement? I can't believe that. It is the most popular uh, handheld camcorder in the world. They sold um, more than, than Kodak or anybody else. And Cisco that bought the company flip in 2009 decided they're going to can them. So they, they sold about a quarter of all camcorders in the United States. They beat Sony and Kodak last then year. They said they're consolidating their focus. And Cisco has historically been basically uh, in the closet company, uh, so to speak, because they sold the equipment for networks that was in the closet that, that wired it up. We've all got wires on the back of our computers hooking us up to the internet. Somewhere here there's a closet that has a hub and, a, and a, somewhere there's a router. And those things you know, make the internet um, possible for multiple devices in, in a lab or you know, in a building like this. So Cisco's, I guess, deciding that they don't want to be in the, in the business of selling handheld uh, video cameras. But anyway, there will still be different kinds. And I might mention, if you're interested, I mean, I really think, as you might have guessed, that being able to shoot video on an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod Touch is, a, is pretty cool. But I also think if you're going to buy a flash camera, one of the best ones is the Kodak ZI8. The reason the Kodak ZI8 is so great, and if I had the money, I would, I would buy it um, as a flip. 
It's flash-based, just like the Flip. It does not have a spinning hard drive. It has essentially a USB thumb drive inside that, that where it saves the, the, uh, the data. But this actually has a port for an external microphone. And so, you know, it has similar, you know, to the Flip, you are able to just plug it right in. But being able to have a port that you can plug a mic in is really a big deal because audio quality is one of the biggest challenges with any kind of video recording. If you're in a quiet place and you get really close to the person, you can do pretty good. But if there's other ambient noise going on, if you're not really close to that person, it's actually a, a big challenge in a lot of cases to get good audio. So um, one of the things that we did last year before the Creativity Forum was um, I helped work with a group from Howe, Oklahoma that was here at our at UCO um, doing interviews of uh, participants and they brought all kinds of equipment and they weren't just using flip cameras they were using bigger cameras too but as you can see in this picture you know they've got the camera going here and then they've got the handheld mic that, that's a shotgun mic and a shotgun mic is a long barrel and it has a real focused area that it picks up on so rather than getting everybody's conversation it is it's just you know basically shooting at her face and it's getting her audio and getting that right in the camera so being able to have a flip or flash based camera that has that mic is, is kind of a cool deal so I guess uh, they'll probably have some clearance sales on flip cameras so get some birthday money or have an opportunity to what get $150 or maybe they'll who knows maybe they'll get down to $100 that might be something to consider. Um, when I was in Alabama two weeks ago, I worked with teachers who all had a flip camera. They all had a digital camera. They had had them for over a year. They had never let students in their classes touch them, ever, to do anything. And they had not really used the cameras at all themselves to do anything. Um, if you think about how somebody in sports gets better, usually it's by being observed and by being coached and having somebody help, you know, well, maybe you need to change this, or you can throw this way, or you can, you know, line up on the track this way. So being able to have uh, cameras like this that can record can really do a lot for helping us with our communication skills and our presentation skills. How many of you found it hard to listen to yourself with your screencast? Did anybody find that difficult? I see a couple hands. Usually we're like, ugh, I sound like that? You know, because we're not used to hearing ourselves talk. We really do sound like that. <laughs> but it is a very powerful tool to be able to record ourselves and listen and watch. And so even though Flip is evidently being canned, keep in mind that, that this technology is not going away. It's just going to continue to get more, more powerful, ubiquitous, and cheaper. Um, and even on the cell phones that we have, you know, being able to use video creatively to um, help do all kinds of things, but even just help analyze ourselves for our presentation skills. You know, we all have different idiosyncrasies of whether we say uh or but or we, you know, do different things. You become much more self-aware as you record yourself. So, 
The video that I want to share as the, the video share today um, actually was one that I just learned about recently. I was at Fort Sill, Oklahoma in Lawton. I had to get up at 4.45 yesterday and drive to Lawton to be there at 7.30, which is kind of fun, um, for a conference that was called the Intellectual Warriors Conference. And the U.S. Army is redesigning their curriculum. Oh, that's nice. Um, it is... Um, All right, we can't see my slides because they're not. This computer doesn't have Flash 7 on it. Um, they are in the process of redesigning a lot of the things that they're doing militarily um, to take in to take into account the kinds of things we're talking about in this class, like when students work together um, in groups, when you allow students to um, take the lead in some of the teaching, when you don't present something for, let's say two hours straight, but you break it up in different blocks. All of those are good things. The typical idea of basic training would be the drill sergeant saying, you know, shut up, private. If you had a good idea, you'd have initiated it. You know, yes, drill sergeant. No questions, no conversation, no talking. They used to have 40 days of straight first, no, is that right? 40 hours of straight first aid training in basic and then 20 hours of marksmanship. But they're saying that's not how the real world is. When if you go deploy to Iraq and you're a driver, you know, of somebody's vehicle, you're multitasking on a lot of things. You're listening to the radio, you're having to watch something, they're scanning for IEDs that could be blowing stuff up. Uh, you're, you're having to do all these things at once. You're not just monotasking on one thing. So this is a short little video that the Army uh, had created. I would bet you that they collaborated with Apple to create it. If you watch for how many uh, devices that you see, uh, handheld devices in this video, um, there's quite a few of them. And I will turn off the light in the front. Um, my or, uh, task for the 75 officers and enlisted and civilians I talked to yesterday, including a two-star major general who's in the, the middle of the room, It was, a very, it was probably the most intimidating audience that I've talked to, and I felt so fat and out of shape. And I said, goodness gracious, I have got to get to the gym and get myself in shape because, you know, I'm standing in front of these 75 warriors, who most of whom have been deployed multiple times, and it was, uh, it was pretty eye-opening. We'll see if this works. Um, this is a little app. Uh, it's a 360 app. I took this photo. Let's see if I can... I took this picture in the front of the room. So this is called 360 degree I was shown this video and they have this long 72 page document that the Army's created talking about how they need to reinvent um, learning and, and then this is thinking about how the mobile technologies and uh, access to information is going to change how uh, Army soldiers are training and learning. <laughs> Thank you. 
Chat about the ways you saw technology in that video utilized. I would bet that there was a collaboration between the technology company and, you know, professional video companies, you know, that, you know, they assigned some people to be able to work with them to stage stuff. In fact, I didn't, I didn't notice this, but they said in the video, when you look at the one that where they said, congratulations, there's a guy who's doing something, and it says, congratulations, Barbara, and there's a guy. I didn't pick up on that, so there's like a little attention to detail issue there. So what was something you noticed or your neighbor noticed as far as uses of technology there? Language, yeah, being able to hear the language in the, in the accent, in the dialect, and then rehearse it right before, and then boom, you're going to meet. So language learning, that was definitely there. What else? 
Yep, so they were doing, you know, manual kind of weapons breakdown and procedures, but looked like, you know, all kinds, like the earthquake thing as she's going in. Or I, I had the thought, well, I sure if she has a lot of stuff memorized too, right? Because there's going to be important, important things that you're not going to be able to just get right before, right before you go in there. So there was a lot, there was a lot of examples of sort of just in time, you know, being able to get updated information. In communication, like knowing when to go and where to go, like lesson, or not lesson plans, but planning out. Right. Um, and also rep repetition, you know, being able to get things repeated. Um, it's, I mean, take this class as an example. It is challenging if you're not here for class and like today, we've got about, you know, seven or eight people that are absent. We're going to do the unit plan today. Well, this is the day we're doing the unit plan. They missed it. So if that whole thing was available, not as like a two-hour video, but broken into little pieces, and then you can see those individual pieces, that can be a great thing because usually everybody doesn't get it the first time. In fact, I bet a large percentage of people don't, quote, unquote, get it the first time when you're just told how to do something. But if we get to see it and we get to see some kind of a, you know, animation and we see you action, just like the screencast, if I can see you do that on the screen, then that might even be better than just having you try to explain it to me or tell me the steps. I had grabbed some screenshots of uh, different pieces. This was the, the presentation that I had done yesterday. I didn't actually do it from my iPad. I thought about it, but I couldn't touch the iPad from where I was in the front of the room, so I just went with, with my laptop. But um, some of these ideas had to do with technology, other things had to do with how learning was structured. You know, tracking your own progress, being able to have a portfolio of what have I completed, what do I need to do next, if I want to get a raise, if I want to get an advancement, you know, what is my next uh, class that I need to take, what are the next things that I need to master. Um, Anyway, it's, this is definitely like a future Pollyanna <coughs> vision because, I mean, just like if we talk to teachers today in, in the, class, the classroom now about stuff we've discussed in this class, with some of these things they'd say, yeah, but we can't access that. We can't access Google Docs or we're not allowed to see YouTube. You know, similarly in the military they were saying, well, we don't have those tools. Interestingly, a, they, some of them said 100% of their students, though, have smartphones, okay? So if 100% of the students already have the smartphone, you know, maybe there's going to be things that they can, they can share and do that they won't, they won't have to issue. Um, I wanted to skip to one of the slides that I shared here. This is a book I just got from Amazon. It's a 2011 book called Physics of the Future. It's not science fiction. This is a guy who's a physicist, and he wrote all of these things predicting what will happen in the next 100 years to 2100 based upon discoveries that have already been made like the Harry Potter invisibility cloak. I don't know if you've heard about that, but they have devised how, and it has to do with stealth technology, they will, we will be able to have literal invisibility cloaks that people you know, are going to be able to wear and use. No. Yes. No. Um, you can see it, there's a headset on this uh, soldier in the upper right corner. That was a um, picture taken in November in Alaska, and that's a heads-up display. Of the 75 people in the room yesterday, one of them had used that device in, um, actually in combat. And what that allows you to do is have this eyepiece, think Terminator, and you're able to have all this information, especially about location of the unit. So they had you know, specific data of where their other uh, unit members were located. 
and all other kinds of data. That's going to the retina. Within 100 years and maybe sooner, we are going to be able to have devices that we can have literally on our eyeball. They can be like a contact lens or maybe even something that's implanted directly in the body. It's going to allow you to have the internet at will. So you're going to be able to think what it is that you want to see and have it right there and have that kind of access. So this guy who wrote this book is not a Fruit Loop. He helped co-found um, string field theory. And I cannot explain to you quantum mechanics, and I cannot explain string theory in its entirety. I do know that mathematically there are supposed to be 11 different dimensions. The knowledge that we think we have about our universe is just a small piece of the reality of the universe. And so very cool to have somebody write a book like this uh, talking about not what might happen. And he does talk about Jules Verne and things that they predicted, you know, back in the 1800s. And I mean, it's pretty incredible how accurate Verne was able to predict, you know, a lot of modern technology. And it was because he hung out with scientists and, and had the pulse of what was, what had been discovered and what was being done. And so he could predict, you know, predict the future with, with a lot of accuracy and not be like Nostradamus or something that, you know, you're using a crystal ball. You're actually talking with scientists about how these things are going to happen. So. Um, the app share today that I want to uh, share with you is um, iMovie for iPad. Have I shown that before? I don't think we did that as, a, as an app, did we? This past, and I'll, I can, uh, this past Sunday with my Sunday school students, we made short little um, finger puppet videos. So I think I've shown you these before. One of the things that's nice about doing finger puppet videos is, you know, privacy-wise, I don't even remember what this one was. All right, let's try this again. I don't think this is one of the best ones. Let me go back to a different one. Um, I'll, this, this, is, this was a combined, you can see here that we shot, these are all um, 20 second, 45 second, really short videos. So we shot these videos and the kids actually shot them um, on the iPad. We had two person teams that did it. One was holding and the other one was being the director, get everybody quiet and to hit record. And then we had two or three people that were up there acting and uh, doing their little impromptu skits on, on some themes. We had a musical that happened at church and there was a lot of great themes and so the kids that were involved were talking about that. So we had one, two, three, four, about eight different clips and then this video down on the... It's interesting, the screen is not showing the right side. There's a combined video and this is the, this is the combined video. I'll play a little bit of this. So audio, not great. One of the things I'd like to do is go ahead and hook up an external mic. When I've done these before with a laptop, we've had a little microphone that we put underneath the table. Um, and the kids were able to hold that right up to their mouth, you know, when they were doing, when they were doing their um, recording. Okay, so I've done these before. What was remarkable about this, doing it on the iPad, was that one of 
the two of my students edited that video together in 10 minutes after class. Okay, that would not be possible to do uh, that easily on the laptop. So these are the different videos that were in here. I like how iMovie for iPad has this little icon where you can turn on the audio. See the audio levels there? And if I push play. <laughs> we had a little bit of extra laughter there. It made it pretty easy to be able to select things and, and take them out. So um, the way this worked is um, you do a new project and then there's all these video clips that you can pull in. So I could go ahead and drop these video clips into the project like this. Um, if I want to trim something, like there might be some extra on the front here. What I do is I select the clip and then I'm going to swipe down with my finger. And what that does is just split the clip, kind of like a knife, and I've just put it right there and it just made that cut. And so now I can click on this clip. If I double click it, it'll let me delete it. And so we were just doing some real basic editing, trimming the front, trimming the back, um, and, and then exported it. And that was, that was about it. So iMovie for iPad is a $5 app. I hope this summer, um, probably at the, towards the end of the summer, that our Story Chasers group is going to do a workshop um, that will you know, be two, be, be hopefully at least two or three days, if not three days of doing this. There's, here's some pictures of the students. You can see how we had the one holding it and then the other one was doing the recording. One of the things just on a practical level I found helps is we tape down yarn on the side of the table and that defines the boundaries of the stage. That way the folks who are running the puppets back here won't, you know, move their puppets off of the stage. And so um, that was kind of how we, how we got that set up. But um, the app allows export to, to different places. Um, we have set up a channel on Vimeo, and so um, we publish these on, on the Vimeo channel. And I use the large setting, not the high definition setting, because it takes longer, it's a bigger file. Um, plus we didn't really need, you know, the quality to be, to be that high. And so, um, I, and I'll link this too, We've, we just have a blog where we post stuff that we're creating and things that we're doing. And so here's our little video that we have on our, um, on our class blog. And Vimeo, has anybody used Vimeo before? Vimeo is another channel that you can... that you can use if you want instead of YouTube. Um, there's benefits and you know drawbacks from, from both, but it's free either way. So this is our little channel on Vimeo and we've got seven different videos. So you can see the videos that, that we created. Um, had, I, did I, I did, had I talked before about the Korean subtitles and how that happened? So I have uh, two students from Korea that don't speak English very well. Um, one, of them, one of them understands a lot more, but um, they definitely speak Korean more fluently than uh, other languages. And so uh, a few weeks ago when we did, uh, some, we, we did some puppet skits, they went ahead and just <coughs> recorded it in Korean. And I don't know Korean. <coughs> but, but I know some teachers in some other places who teach Korean students. So a teacher in Shanghai, who I had met a, met a couple years ago, 
saw this post on my blog and had some of his Korean students translate this and then just uh, put in, in our blog the com in the comments what the, what the translation was. So that was very, very cool. And that allowed those students to be able to, um, you know, share what they were understanding in their native language and be able to have a translation. At some point in the future, we'll probably be able to just submit that on YouTube or another site and say, here, translate this from Korean to English, and it'll make its best attempt. You could see there was part of that that was not clear, and they weren't exactly sure what it said. So anyway, uh, Vimeo is, a, is another video sharing site similar to YouTube. They have a pro version that you can pay for and have your stuff processed faster, and you can upload more per um, month or per week if you have a pro account, but I don't have a pro account, just have the regular account, and um, that's a way that we're you know, using a channel like that to be able to um, share some things that we're doing. As students create stuff, as they're making these kinds of videos, their learning is at a different level than if they're just listening to me talk, or they're just watching a video. They're having to think, what am I gonna put in it? What am I gonna say, you know? Just because you can parrot back the verse and you can repeat it, do you know what it means? Are you able to think about what that really, how that applies to you? And so even though, you know, we're not talking in this class about teaching in a religious context, the idea of learning here is the same no matter what content area you're talking about. If you can get your students to create things and to help give you a window into what they're understanding and what are they they're thinking our blog lets us do that you know here in, in this class and there's certainly other ways to do that with media as well so that is any any questions or comments about what age I teach fifth grade yeah did you hear about the school in Maine that's going to have 300 iPads for their kindergartners I had heard I had heard about a, a Maine school, yes, that was, that was doing that. You know, Maine, for eight years, has had laptops for every middle school student, and most of their high school students do. Um, so, I usually go to Google News for something like that. Here's one of the things I think is interesting about technology. When it comes to stuff like this, we tend to see the technology first. Even yesterday when I was talking with the, the, uh, the folks in the Army and some of the commanders were talking, and you know, I got the comments like, but I don't think it's just technology we need, and I don't think, of course not. Our goal is not, let's use as much technology as we can. Our goal is powerful learning. And really, you know that technology is being used well when it disappears. When you stop going, oh my gosh, it's an iPad, can I touch it? And you're focused on, what is our lesson about today? You know, we're using this kind of tool. Now, it's fun, it's engaging, and I mean, it's exciting for the kids to be so excited to be able to record and, and share and, and you know, communicate what they know and to use this tool. But um, right now, this kind of technology is so new, it is so not normal, that a lot of times um, we're going we're gonna to focus on the technology more than we're going to be on the learning. What will be most exciting about this project and any other one like this is what are they going to do with it? How are they going to learn with it? 
What have a auto box? What do you mean by that? What is that? You know, the best one that I've the best one I've seen is a etch a sketch um, cover. And when I was in Alabama, I saw this is a hard shell case. And it looks just like an Etch-a-Sketch, okay? But you just slide your iPad in it. So there's a lot of different. You know, I, I, there's an app that I have. It's the Etch-a-Sketch app that you can actually do Etch-a-Sketch. It, but it'll let you draw on it with like a stylus in your finger too. But it, it has the knobs. Um, so, yeah, I think I. It concerns me, you know, five-year-olds running around with iPads. Right. And you know, it's all about responsibility and helping kids learn how to take care of things and value things. By the way, communism doesn't work good. And we try to do communism all the time in our country. If you look at how, um, how we do things in, in schools and even in labs, when, when something's a communal resource, people do not take care of it like when it's their own. And so it's much harder as a teacher if you're checking out a cart of laptops or a cart of iPads to take care of those than if everybody has their own. So that this is part of the dynamic too, that as, as we have these technologies that we are personally responsible for, oh, guess what, you broke your device. Well, in most schools now, that's gonna mean um, a deductible that you're gonna pay for the insurance, and it might mean you don't have that device that you have access to, or you're going to deal with the cracked screen until, you know, it gets, it gets fixed. But uh, with this new technology, like, how are you, I mean, there's going to be more discipline um, problems because kids are going to be doing other things while, you know, the teacher is engaging mm -hmm. in something else. So what do you Here's do the that? Great, great question. We need to remember that as teachers, it is not our job to run a prison. It is our job to, to facilitate a learning environment where students take responsibility for their learning and they learn how to make good choices and they're accountable for their choices. Um, in a lot of schools today, it is like a prison. In fact, one of the presenters yesterday, she was in charge of military training at West Point, and you know, and I know this from the Air Force Academy, there's a lot of gamesmanship that goes on and a lot of, you know, getting around the rules and um, th this is one of the reasons it's so challenging to have these kind of devices because a lot of teachers, especially ones in the classroom today, would much rather say, shut up, put your stuff away, listen to me, or you're going to the principal because doggone it, I'm here to lecture to you and you, you, know, you sit down right there and, and be quiet and put all your stuff away. I talked to the superintendent in Gage, Oklahoma um, a week ago this is why I couldn't come to class. I was talking to 60 first-year superintendents, and his school board wants to suspend a student for the first offense of the cell phone being out. And he's trying to tell his school board, we won't have any kids in class if you enforce that kind of policy. So, you know, what do you all think about that? How, how are you going to deal with this if your students have a, have a device? What are you going to do? I think the biggest thing is
you know, we created our own classrooms, hopefully a culture of respect. I'm honored that you're here today, right? Because you don't have to be. Uh, regular school is different. In the Army, it's different. They get to make them come, you know? And we do to a degree in, in school, too. We, I mean, parents can get put in jail, right? You get fined if your kids don't attend class. And the principals, that's part of what they do, is they chase down parents and, you know, talk to the police and, you know, have these punitive. So, this, a lot of this comes down to the learning task. What are you asking kids to do? Are you asking kids to do something that's engaging? No. Are we asking them to do something that's worthwhile? Um, part of what we need to do is change how we teach math. Uh, a lot of people are really bored with math, and we're not going to be able to make all math exciting, but we shouldn't wait for the very end of your career to learn how it applies and how it's fun and cool. Uh, they were talking yesterday about medical school. Anybody here uh, ever considered being a doctor or a nurse? Um, I mean, I, I maybe thought a little bit about that, but I don't think I'm really, I'm really up to that. But if you're in medical school, you don't really get to go into the hospital until later, right? Teacher education, we kind of do a bad job of that too sometimes. Oh, thanks for taking classes before you're, now you get to student teach. Now you get to see what it's like. What they're saying is, Give students a taste of the real positive early, and that can help generate the motivation that they could have to persevere through classes that will be boring and that will be you know, tough and challenging. And so in some medical schools, like in the first year, they're letting the students actually go into the ER and have some time and see. I mean, this is why you've got to understand the vascular system. This is why you've got to you know, understand you know, how to um, stop cardiac arrest with a defibrillator. I don't know, what else, whatever you're gonna learn how to do, they get the context for it. And so this is part of what the Army was talking about too, was bringing the real world in. You know, we, we a lot of times say, how am I gonna use this? What's this gonna connect to? We need to use our technologies to bring that real world in and help students see the connections and then also let them make stuff, right? Because it's different to fill out a worksheet and believe me, we can use iPads to fill out worksheets. We can, but we also can create stuff. Scratch is not on the iPad yet. I hope it will come soon. But there's all kinds of ways we can create stuff and make things. And if we are if we are creating, as human beings, we are made to create. Creating is like a holy thing, actually. Um, and so, too often in school, we don't let kids create stuff. We just say copy stuff. And it's okay to copy. How in first grade did you learn how to write the alphabet? Ooh, let me invent a new alphabet. I'm gonna do my own. No, you saw the alphabet and you traced over the letters and you learned to copy. But at some point, hopefully, we say, now I'd like to hear your story. What are you gonna invent? Here's the three little things. Anybody go see Red Riding Hood? That movie was kind of weird. I wanted to. I read like 40 reviews, and I swear 38 of them were horrible and just trashed it. But I had read an article in a magazine about the director, and then this other one, the director, the same one that did Twilight. I thought it was very good. I mean, it was clever. It was a different twist. I think it's kind of fun to see people twist an old story in a new way, and it's a surprise ending. And people thought this had the special effects were horrible. So, you know, we've read the three little pigs. How could you tweak the three little pigs? What would your twist on be? You know, maybe the wolf wins. You know, maybe the pigs are using modern technology to protect themselves instead of, you know, using just the bricks of the house. Whatever. Um, when you start to do that, the engagement level can go up, the enjoyment level can go up, and the learning can also go up too. Um, so.
so that's part of why there's anything I hope I can encourage you to do in your classroom is to allow your kids to make things, to create things, and to find ways to not just use the technology as the overhead projector, which we can do, and we do, and it's okay, and it's not bad, do it, but not all the time. You know, let them create, let them make. So it's a great question about control, and we're gonna grapple with that. You know, I mean, it's it's an issue here, right? Everyone here has a laptop, I mean, a computer. Everyone here could be on Facebook right now. Uh, ultimately, we need to treat people with respect and treat them as human beings, not as prison inmates. And believe me, it happens at the Air Force Academy in West Point. It happens, you know, in elementary school, where we some sometimes the teacher will you know, not treat people with respect. And it, as we cultivate a relationship with our students and we build a relationship and we have to get to know them, and that's the number one hardest thing for me that I don't do a good enough job of in this class is getting to know you individually. The structure of our class is challenging. You know, if we had more time. One of the things that I would do would be, we would meet outside this class, uh, like away from screens in a circle, and we would do some talking and sharing without this screen in front of you and me. Um, so anyway, we work with the environment we have. As you build that relationship with your students, and your students get to know you, and respect you, and you respect them, you can do things with them that maybe the teacher next door is not gonna be able to do, because he or she hasn't built that relationship. Relationships are really important, you know. Why do a lot of kids drop out of school? Because they don't feel connected. They don't have somebody who has a relationship with them, you know, who is following them and who cares about their progress and how are you doing and what's going on in your life. So much of the challenges are not academic. They are the world, especially as we teach. I mean, whatever school you teach, you know, teach at the wealthiest school, whatever, but you have challenges. And the relationship with kids is probably the most important thing even more important than the classroom. Because guess what? If we have a relationship, what do we want to learn? Let's go learn it together. You know, we can do that together. If we have no relationship, think about substitute teaching. Who's done that? Anybody substitute thought? Easy experience, hard experience. Very challenging. One of the biggest reasons, no relationship. No relationship, no accountability, maybe no respect. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very hard. Okay, we've got to talk about lesson plans and unit plans, and we're going to talk about creating stuff. So what I'd like for you to do is on your uh, computer, on your CD, you've got an Intel Teach to the Future CD, um, and we are going to open that up, and I, I'm just about to skip the screencast review, so let me not skip that, but you can open up your CD, Digital Essentials, this will work on a, on a Mac as well as a Windows computer. Um, it is going to, I don't know if it will or not, it's set to auto run and so we'll see what it's going to do here. If we, if we want, may, they may have changed this so it doesn't happen automatically. There is a file that says auto run. Um, I'm not, I'll go, huh. If I guess disable that maybe for this one to come. When you put this in your computer, it may automatically open up a menu um, to get started. <clears throat> what I have put on our curriculum for unit plan are several different places we're gonna go on the CD to look at look at a couple items and then talk about 
Well, not, we're not just going to talk about it. We'll, we're going to start our unit plans today. Okay? So we're going to look in the folder called Curriculum Resources, and we're going to look inside Thinking Skills. Now, I also said I was going to do a screencast, and why don't I just do a little screencast about this. Um, I'm going to give you some work time today in class, and some of you have asked some questions about some quizzes that we needed to unlock or some other you know, specific things that we needed to do. So I'm going to give us at least 20 minutes, so help me be accountable to that, and, and I will stop at 10.30. Um, so we have at least 20 minutes of just work time. I checked out all the microphones and headsets, so if there are some of you that still haven't done your screencast, you can actually do that quickly today. Um, the remaining assignments aren't completely pass-fail, but they're almost like that. There's basic requirements that I want you to do in them, but there's not going to be a big difference in between, you know, A's, B's, and C's. It's kind of like, did you do the assignment or, and, and complete it, or did you not? So, it, how many, is there anybody here who has not done their screencast? Okay, so would this be okay if I, if I do this quick demo again? All right. Screener has changed since we used it last semester. I had originally told everybody, hey, you've got to get a Twitter account. Well, now they let you log in with Facebook, with Google, with Yahoo. You don't have to have a Twitter account. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so be aware, however, whenever you log in on a computer, it's so important when it's a public computer that you do this, okay? And we mentioned this at the beginning of the year, and I probably should have like said it every time. Whenever you use a public access computer, like those in the lab, go delete your browsing history, delete everything, because if not, potentially somebody in the next class could sit down, oh, look, Facebook, and they could be on your page. Right? They could be on your wall. They could delete your friends. Or they could add other people. Facebook is now adding more security features as Twitter has to try and prevent that with a secure login. But it depends on how the, cookie, it's called, the cookies are saved. It depends. But the worst case scenario is you've saved your password. It's going to be put in again. And they're able to go to Facebook and see it. Question? And some of the labs, they won't let you. They won't let you uh, save. Oh, really? Wow. I think in, at, at North Texas, I, I really think this was a good software. They used a software called Deep Freeze. And when you restart the computer, whoosh, it just wiped everything out. And you could have changed the desktop background. You could install programs. You could do whatever you want. At a restart, it just set the computer back to how it was before. So if you can't delete the cookies, I would log out manually of your account. If you've logged into Facebook, click sign out, log out and you might restart the computer, because it kind of depends on what the, how they have things configured and set up. Third, Can we restart the computer mm -hmm. Yeah, you should be able to just go to the Start menu and choose uh, Restart. Okay. Well, and you might ask if there's somebody there in the lab manager, say, how do I, you know, how do I delete my cookies? <laughs> Sounds a little geeky, but um, <laughs> there, there should be a way to be able to, to delete those things without having to manually go to each site you know that you logged in on okay so I am going to sign in with my Twitter account you can use any of those different accounts to log in be very careful has anybody had trouble with the Facebook account before being hijacked or with any other accounts where people have gained access to it and 
noticed someone, uh -huh. and they told me exactly where they were, like they were in like North Carolina or something. And you were able to block it and yeah, stop them. I had that happen to me on Facebook where I don't know how it happened, but it might have been when I added an application because when you add an app to your Facebook, it says, I grant the application birthday no notifications permission to da 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 to do these things. So somebody had posted a message to, to a bunch of people that I was friends with you know, kind of like a, just like a spam email. Hey, I love this website, da da da, click on it. And I did not send that message and I did not create it. So I never figured out how that happened. I changed my password and now I rarely use apps on Facebook. I'm really careful and I usually don't use them. <coughs> so as your instructor, I am personally verifying that Screener is a reliable site, and if you log into it, I do not think you're going to have problems um, from this site. So what I've done is I've got a recorder, um, red recorder, out of the box, blue box. It's right here by the printer in the middle of the room. I got a, a set of headphones, and uh, I really didn't actually need the headphones because we have the, um, we've got the speakers. For those of you that have done your screencast, what do you recommend to others before we get to this record point? What's a good thing to do? Have an idea of what you're going to yeah, do. Write down. Write Make a plan, right? And on the Intel CD right now, I'm going to show you where there are some resources for storyboarding and for planning. Because any kind of project that you do or your students do, you almost always want to make a plan. It is going to be a higher quality product if we plan and we really think about, okay, what is it I want to do here? For, this, for the purposes of this assignment, my goal is for you to really make something and to be successful creating it, because I want you to have a little aha, wow, that's a screencast. Oh, that means I could, you know, share, you know, show my students how to do something else on the computer. So when you click record, if you for some reason do not um, get the, the recorder screen, it may be because a pop-up is blocked on your computer. And I had a couple people email um, that they were having trouble with that. Remember, you can always come to our computer labs and use the labs, and next door in 112, they've got microphones just like this for you to check out. I want to say they have two or three of them. If you look in the bottom left corner right now of my screen recording window, notice how the levels are going up. That means that the microphone is working. If you see this screen and you have your mic plugged in, but you don't see any audio levels changing, you need to click there and have it detect the microphones to make your selection. In this case, they've got a little webcam that's right here on top of my screen, just the instructor has this, and you can see there's a Logitech webcam mic. So if I wanted to use this mic on the webcam, I could select it here, but I'm just going to leave it at the default setting because it's working and it's using this microphone, I think, that I've got on my hand. Okay, You've got to decide what size. I would go with one of the top two default sizes. Um, it just depends on how big of a screen space that you want to record. It's going to give you five minutes. So what I recommend you do is you get your screen set like you want it, and I would size the windows to fit inside your recording space. So I'm just making my window here fit the dotted box of my screen recording space. I can put that anywhere I want, 
but I'm going to use my restore button here, and my maximize button, and make that fit. Okay. So my buttons now are record red, and I will also have a pause button, and I've got a cancel. So how many times did those of you that completed the assignment, how many times did you give it a go before you accepted it? Anybody do it more than once? You said 12? 20. Oh, 20. <laughs> wow. It's okay though. This is this is again showing the power of recording. It's valuable to hear yourself because you're like, oh my gosh, I say, um, or I, you know. And the only way to get better at this kind of stuff is to practice. So this is why we want our students to do this too, because they will get better at it just as we will as we practice. So I hit record, and now I'm ready to go. The countdown. Hi, this is Wes Fryer, and I just wanted to show where some helpful resources are located on the Intel Teach to the Future CD that we're using for our Technology for Teachers class. I have opened up the CD here, and we can see that we've got different folders. Um, remember that you can always change the view that you have when we're looking at a CD or something else um, if you want to by simply going up to this folder icon, and you can change it to thumbnails or lists or details. A lot of times I like to use the details list. And the one that we're going to be using today is curriculum resources. And we're going to use several different uh, things inside. So I'm going to double click that folder to go into it. And I want to point out that we have, uh, first off, information on unit portfolios. And this is where we're going to get our file that we're going to turn in for this class for a grade. And we're also going to turn it in uh, to the college as a unit portfolio artifact in the Passport system. So I'll open up this folder first to show you that. There are examples of lesson plans for elementary, middle school, and high school here inside these different folders. And so it might be good to kind of look at an example before we open up the template. That's the template file right there that's a Microsoft Word file. But if I go into elementary, here's a, a Cinderella lesson, fractions, the great bean race, seasons, and C2C. I'm going to open up seasons and I'm going to see a lot of different folders here. You do not have to create all of this. You're just going to be editing that one Word file. But this is an example of what you could do and what other people have done for their unit plan. So this is opening up inside Microsoft Word. I'm going to resize Word so that it fits here on our recording window. And you can see that this is a lesson that has been created called Seasoning the School Year. And we've got different elements to this. The template has the titles, but the, the actual sections are blank. So you'll put in your title. You'll put in a short summary. You'll identify the um, subject areas and the grades. You're going to put in higher order thinking. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute because there are some good resources on the CD about Bloom's taxonomy and higher order thinking. Basically, this is a paint by, by the numbers. Okay, You're going to just fill this in. You're going to put in some uh, Oklahoma past standards. You don't have to put in 15 standards. You know, Put in at least two or three. If you want to do more, you can. Um, but you're going to have standards, and you're going to identify objectives. This follows a Madeline Hunter style lesson plan sequence. And so you're going to summarize how the students are going to be assessed have a timeline. The ones that are in here are the best practice examples. So don't feel like you're going to have to have a project this detailed or a unit plan that's this detailed. 
but it's good to see some examples and a lot of these are going to be sequenced over several days and anyway that that's an example of a student of a uh, unit plan that was in elementary so you can take a look at some of those other examples um, when I open up the file that says unit plan template this is the one that you're going to fill out and you're going to turn it in you're going to turn it in twice once in WebCT for a grade in this class and once in Passport which you'll access through the college's website the same file and you can see here it's got all of those areas and you're going to need to fill them in as best you can for your unit that you would like to do we'll talk a little bit about ideas for selecting your, your unit so real quick some other things that I want to point out here there are examples of student projects student samples is the folder that has those and uh, I think right so and I don't know what DEP stands for but I'm inside student samples and DEP um, here is a uh, project uh, for a monster swap project and you can see that they have different elements to this there's the unit plan for it there's a rubric for the students there's even a PowerPoint so you could look at some of these resources and even consider you know using them yourself that's part of how why they're shared here but those are examples of um, you know some some actual student work and things that have been created the other one I want to point out is in PBL and that stands for project-based learning um, and we've got some resources of what like storyboards whereas we're going to make a brochure a newsletter and then some uh, templates last thing to show is in thinking skills and there are some good resources here that we're going to open right now on Bloom's taxonomy and other things <laughs> and I reached the end Do we get to take these home with us or? yeah they're yours to keep they're yours to keep um, Intel provides them free I requested the college order them so that you'd be able to have these alright so I'm not gonna record that again I did my full 10 minutes you do not, or five minutes you do not have to be five minutes I mean I want you to go at least 60 seconds on your screencast but the idea is to make one and to be able to share it so I'll uh, give a title to this uh, resources for technology for teachers Right. The like only thing you turn in. No, 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 no. These are elaborate, extensively created lesson unit plans. I don't want you to feel stressed. Oh my gosh, I don't have 10 hours to do this. You're just going to do that one word file. Yeah, yeah, you're going to make it up. And this is what we're going to do next. I'm going to walk you through how to do that. We'll start that today. You're going to have to come up with the idea, but you're just going to fill out that word file. That's the part that you turn in. Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay, so here on my screencast, I'm going to click publish. If I click publish and tweet, it would also send out to Twitter. And I, if I want to tweet this, I'll tweet it later. I don't usually do that automatically because I'll make sure it looks like it should and all that. For your screencast assignment, you're going to just, um, as it says on your... as it says on the checklist and on our screencast assignment you're going to just have a blog post that links to it 
has an embedded version and a short paragraph about what you learned. Okay, that doesn't have to be extensive, but it's a, the blog post link is what you turn in for your screencast. All right, I'm going to basically just leave that window open. This is still going to process and, and post and be done. Any other questions about the screencast or yes. thoughts about that? Yes? Can we talk about embedding the screencast on the blog? Because we had a hard time with that. Yes. Um, has anybody successfully embedded this screencast? Did you do it in the HTML mode rather than the visual? Nobody cut off half of You don't just copy and paste it on this one. Yeah, because it usually, like on blogs, it said on Google that you just click on the link and it would automatically pop up. But I figured out you had to press code and then you had to uh, paste the embedding code. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it was more intense than. All right. I I had thought that it was just the HTML mode. So let's take a look at what that what that looks like. So here's our class blog. Ta-da! There it is. Okay. And so we're gonna log in. Um, Angie, do you want to try to log in to to see it? Do you want to do do it real quick here? Yeah. Because I'm thinking mine. Yeah, do it okay. over here because I'm the admin, and okay. so it might look different. Do you remember what your? Uh, let me make sure this is finished. Because I thought mine was um, working, but it's not. Okay. Why don't you go ahead, just for a practice, and you can embed this one since it's already up, okay. and then you can delete it. So go ahead and log in. Again, whenever you're logging in on a screen, make sure that you are in the password field. I have made that mistake before of thinking I was in the password field and typing my, my post or my password where everyone can see it. Okay, so you're going to go over to posts on the left side. Well, this is one way. There's a new post icon at the beginning. Okay. When you click posts, there it says add new just above your mouse. Where am I going? Um, on the left side there where it says add new. Oh, okay. Okay, so just do, why don't you just do test as the title. Okay. And all we're going to try to do here is, is the screencast. So the last tab, this fourth tab, this is the, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, third one. Here's the screencast I just did. And so there's the embed code to copy, perfect. All right, and so now we're saying that instead of just pasting it here. Okay. Yeah, it will erase it totally. Okay. No, there is a thing that said get the old code, and that's what I did. Yeah. Really? Okay. Excellent. So iframe code. This is WordPress trying to protect us. You were able to do it with the code, though, when you put no, code I, in? I, at first, I clicked on code, then I pasted um, my embedded code. Paste it in. Let's go back to the um, screener and use that get the old code. Okay. And then I just pasted it in there. I didn't put code in. Ah, look at that. <laughs> Great. Let me copy that code. Huh. Which web browser were you using? So you go yep. ahead and paste this. Yep. Paste that in. And then click the preview link over here on the right side. Let's take a look at it and see. 
See, mine didn't do that. Figured it out. So different embeds work differently. I mean, the codes are different. And mm -hmm. iframe is saying, put a web page inside here. There are people who will do malicious things on blogs and put code that will give you a virus and stuff like that. And with iframe, and so one of the things they've tried to do to curtail that is to not let you use iframe. Okay. Okay. So awesome demo there. How do we do that again? We went to the get embed code and the default was this iframe and we said use the old embed code. Oh look, the new embed code supports iPad, Flash and more. Huh. So if the site supports it, but ours doesn't, so we'll use this older code. Were you, you know, if you were using Internet Explorer, or what browser were you using Safari. to copy Safari? Maybe try Chrome or try Firefox? Well, but, it wouldn't let me copy either of these. I was using the other... Uh, the other code? Like, on, when you go to share, you know? Uh-huh. Like, on the other page. Yeah. Like, share, and then I was using that mm -hmm. embed code. Uh-huh. And I couldn't get anywhere with that. Okay. Um, All right, well... Good job uh, troubleshooting that, and I'm, I'll pass that on to our other class as well. So rather than using that share link, we click it over here on the side and say the old code. In fact, in fact, I'll do a screencast of this in the next class as my demo, and then we'll put that on the, on the website if you forget and need a reminder of how to do that. Excellent question. Any other questions about screencast? Right. I mean, anything that's appropriate, right? Yeah. So, I mean, any topic. Of course, definitely. So, if, and if you are struggling for a topic, you know, do something in Scratch. Show how to change the background in Scratch or how to, you know, draw on your sprite or you can, you can do something like that. Because the screencast does not just have to record a website. It can record anything that you're running on your computer. So, any application like the Scratch program you can use to, to do a screencast. And I mentioned this early, um, but like the first day we mentioned screencast, but there's a free program called Jing, J-I-N-G. It's linked on our website. It's free. There are teachers who use Jing to do all their screencasts. There's not a time limit here. So you can go longer than five minutes. And you can post those to the web, but you also could not post them to the web. And that sometimes is a nice, your students are going to create things or whatever. You don't have to have everything on the web. So keep in mind there's other screencasting options that are also free. Screener is free, but Jing is free, and it doesn't have a time limit. But you have to download it and put it on your computer. Screener, you just go to the website, log in, and you're making it. I think Screener is the easiest one because there's no download of software. It's just go to the web, you know, make your box, and, and record. Yes? Right. 12, um, that we had to look at the video and everything. I didn't know we had to embed it also. Like okay, you can go back and edit your, I haven't fin finished grading those submissions. I don't know if you wanted it for everyone. 
we're trying. I mean, that's what, and then in some case, like, no, no, you don't. Um, but, but go ahead and do it for this one. I mean, go back and do it. I want you to leave this class with an with no, having successfully done some embedding, okay? Embedded some different videos. So don't, go, don't feel like you've got to go back to all your old ones and, and do them. But ideally, that's what that video reflection rubric said. Link to it, embed it, and try to answer these questions. If you totally like, didn't do much at all on your reflection, I will send it back to you and say, hey, you need to look at the rubric and respond. And we haven't had too many of those. But OK, any other screencasting questions? OK. Let me now, or let us now, um, take a look at our CD and let's look at some of the unit plan resources that are in here that are actually really, really good. Um, my complaint about the Intel Teach to the Future curriculum in the past has been it was, it was really Microsoft Office focused. And it didn't take into account all these other tools and websites and things that we needed to do. One of the biggest strengths of it was project-based learning. It has an emphasis, if you go in and look, on students creating a product. Let's make a newspaper. Let's make a brochure. Let's, you know, let's make a PowerPoint. That's one of them that, that they, they have for us to do. So on your CD, there is, and if you want to navigate to this, you can. I'm, and I'll go back to the beginning. So here we are in the CD in curriculum resources in the section called thinking skills. So it's curriculum resources, thinking skills. There are probably about 10 files in here. You don't have to open this up, uh, but if you want you can. A PowerPoint on Bloom's taxonomy. Now, prob how many of you have studied Bloom's taxonomy in some other classes? Hopefully we've, we've heard of blues, all right? <laughs> I'm really surprised that they don't have, I mean, we've only had a new blooms for 10 years, and this is still the old one, okay? Before 2001, blooms taxonomy looked like this. The low-level stuff is what standardized testing has on it, knowledge and comprehension. The more challenging things to teach and assess are at the top, applying, analyzing, synthesizing, and evaluating. This is the old Bloom's taxonomy, and it's got a breakdown of these different um, categories. Okay? The words that you see here underneath the category, knowledge, are helpful for your unit plan because you have to write objectives. So if you want to be at the knowledge level, use words like define, identify, recognize, match. Those are going to be helpful words. Now, I'm glad that they included a PowerPoint. I'm bummed that they didn't include the new blooms. So on our page here, our web page for unit plans, I've given you a picture and a link to the revised blooms taxonomy from 2001. These are all verbs. Remember, describe, apply, analyze, evaluate. And the top item is now create instead of evaluate. Because if you're asking your students to create something, there's a good chance you can not only get these lower level skills, but you can also have them engage in higher order thinking. 
because they're going to have to do uh, analysis, application, evaluation to decide what they're going to be creating. So even though the PowerPoint is old, there's another file, and you can open this on your screen if you want, or you can just watch me do it. It's called Revised Bloom's Taxonomy. On mine, it's the last one. So the PowerPoint's out of date, but this Word file is not. Okay, Revised Bloom's Taxonomy. Here's remembering. Here's apply, uh, understanding, applying, and here's creating. Here are words that I want you to draw on for your project. For your project, your unit plan that you're going to do, and we're going to have work time here in 12 minutes, and I'm going to stop talking to everyone. Okay? Your, re your requirements are very basic. You need to complete all the elements in the form. Okay? You need to require the creation of a student technology product. Now, you don't have to use Scratch, but it'd be a great one to use. We've spent more time on Scratch than anything else in this class. I don't want you to just say something like, make a PowerPoint on tree frogs, right? You're going to have to be, it's got to be more than that. Honest to goodness, a lot of students in classes today have still not made a PowerPoint, and that still is a big deal. Um, but there are other possibilities of things that they can create. They could make a screencast. Um, um, they could do a Pecha Kucha. I mean, you could, you could have them do that. I want you to use some of the language from this revised Bloom's taxonomy. This document right here that I've opened, I want you to use some of these words. Okay? Ask students to create. Ask them to assemble. Ask them to invent. Ask them to incorporate. These are words that suggest creating. And you don't have to just use those, obviously. There's, this is a, a creative product, right? You're, you're making up your lesson. What do you want to teach? But this is to give you tools. You will not only want to select words from this column. You're going to also probably want to include other kinds of goals, objectives. You know, I want students to be able to what? explain how the water cycle works. I want students to illustrate what happens when cells divide and, and the uh, parts of the cell or whatever we're, we're learning. Okay? This is a good tool to use for your unit plan. It gives you suggestions for specific words and it, and it lines them up. Oh, okay, you know, that's going to just be at the remembering level. If I want kids to analyze, I can look at some of these words. So think about this as a tool in your toolbox. And as you're in other classes and write lesson plans yourself, draw on this as a resource. And we're only going to really scratch the surface of, um, of what's here in the CD. So I have a question. Yes? How, not how long does it <coughs> It's up to you. You can do a one day or you can okay. make it longer. Okay. okay. You'll see lots of examples in there where they do like multi-week things and they're very yeah. extensive. You can, exactly. you can make something um, that, that's shorter. Keep in mind though it is going to be a student product and so it is usually difficult for that student product to happen in 45 minutes. So you might set it up where you're going to introduce something and some concepts and they're going to have time to work and you're going to check out the laptop card. Hey, make assumptions. You're in Maine and now you've got a set of iPads and you can, you know, you can assume whatever you want about the resources you have and it could be that you have a cart of laptops that you check out for your classroom or maybe you're going to go to the lab. So you might set it up where you're going to give them information on day one and they're going to brainstorm 
And then in day two, we're going to go to the lab and they're going to, you know, work in scratch to create something or whatever. All right, so those are good tools to uh, have or to, to know about. There's more in here. Um, I'm not going to have time to, to go into all of them. Um, this one, you've probably studied Gardner's multiple intelligences. Anybody talked about multiple intelligences? This is a nice alignment of Gardner and Bloom. So if I'm addressing the needs of the visual and spatial learner and I'm wanting to get to the synthesis level, here's a suggestion using your diagram. How can gray water be diverted? You know, you're, that, that question is going to utilize visual and spatial learning, but it's going to be at the synthesis level. So this is another nice diagram to use. And, um, Feel free to draw upon on that as a resource as well for your unit plan. I didn't have time to show this in the screencast. I just opened it quickly. But in the PBL folder for project-based learning, there are storyboards. Okay, If I was going to make a brochure for my class, here they've already laid it out. And this is a storyboard form where you could you know, print this and have kids write on it to make their plan. This is a trifold brochure that we're going to do in Word, okay? Front and back, in, inside and outside. And so they can write on this their storyboard. That'd be for a brochure. In addition to the storyboards, you've got templates. So if we're going to make a brochure, I mean, and you could do this for your project too. You could say, we're going to make a brochure about obesity and um, the benefit of eating raw foods. I just saw a presentation Friday about that. You know, this can now be the template that your students use to create. What, what is the advantage of using a template versus just having kids open up a new file like this? <laughs> yep. It's organized. What else does it do for you? It structures the assignment with your expectations. And it can also save a lot of time. Again, 45-minute lessons, 50-minute lessons, you're going to need all the tools that you can so that the students can get done. And, and, and having it set up in advance as a template, I believe, is a best practice, especially for using the computer lab. Do we want kids to know how to start with a blank Word file and do it from scratch? Yeah, that'd be great. but. That may not be what I'm teaching in my class. We're learning about, you know, biology and we're learning about the water cycle. And so I'd rather my kids spend more time telling me what they know about the water cycle than figuring out how to properly get Microsoft Word set up correctly. So you can just double click. They've already made these text boxes, areas to replace with graphics. And so that's called a template, and those are very good resources. So you've got templates in here and you have storyboards. Now, there are lots of other things that are in this, on this CD to use. Um, actually, we, and we've already talked about uh, copyright stuff separately. Um, you're not going to be tested on any of the materials that are in here. This isn't going to, the final is not going to include, you know, stuff from here. But um, this, this is a good resource. And I, I would hang on to this and, um, you know, take a look at it. Especially the stuff about unit plans because almost guaranteed your principal will make you do lesson plans. And it's good to do lesson plans. You'll want to do lesson plans. Uh, you will probably not be making lesson plans as elaborate as this on a weekly basis. But 
the idea of getting it set up with those different elements and also what are the tasks? Getting the kids to create something and using those languages, those, that language that gets you to the higher order thinking, all of that is good. Okay, let's, uh, let's get started with our unit plan. Um, I would like you to open up the unit plan template. Again, that is on your CV inside the curriculum, or I'm sorry, yeah, curriculum resources, and it's in the folder called unit portfolios. One thing that's interesting that they didn't do, if they had named this file uh, .dot instead of .doc, that would have actually made it a true template. I'm going to copy this into my documents, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to do that just to show you. what that looks like. So if I rename this file, and you don't need to do this, if I rename this file, can you tell, that's hard, it's really small, but can you tell what happened to it? It's supposed to look like a sheaf of like yellow paper that you're, uh, that you're tearing off a tab. The name of my file, what does it say at the top? Is document one. So when you actually use the file extension DOT, <clears throat> I can't, every time I edit, I open it, I get a new version. I make a change to this, I, I don't change it. So that's something good to know with your students. If you were going to use Microsoft Word and use a template file, I would rename it DOT. And then every time a kid, because if you don't and one kid saves your original, guess what? The next kid doesn't get a blank one. They already have Joey's title and description and whatever on it. So anyway, go ahead and open it. And where are we going to want to save this file? eventually probably to your flash drive okay if you want to save this today to your flash drive and you want to um, you know begin typing on this and working on this that that is great you could also save it into my documents and email it to yourself if you didn't bring a flash drive or your flash drive is not working so um, why don't we do this well I'm gonna stop talking and give you some time to work I would suggest first do some brain. Well, let's just do. Let's let me let me do this for uh, a minute and a half. Turn to your neighbor and let's talk about some ideas that we have for what we might do a, a lesson, a unit plan on. All right, and then we'll share some of those, and then I'll give you work time. Okay, take sixty seconds. Talk to your neighbor. What are you thinking about as a possible topic for your unit plan? Well, so there's a project that 
and you can only do that to your real people. Yeah. Yeah. This is due in two weeks. I did, because we flipped the order. So actually, let's look at that. On our assignments page, we're doing this before SmartBoard, okay? Today, we're doing unit plan. Next week, we're doing SmartBoard. So the unit plan is due in two weeks, and then the SmartBoard, you're going to have two weeks to work on is a week and a half. So it's due in 20 Right. Yeah, you can just make that up or say UCO because a lot of people using these are active in-service teachers. And so, yeah, Ma make up whatever you want. If you're going to, you know, Seattle, Washington, if you're going to wherever you're, wherever you want to put in here. This is, this is, put your real name, of course, but yeah, you can make up a school name in that sense. I have a question about the smart Next week, we're doing oh, yeah. that. You haven't explained it yet. Next week, yeah. Oh, okay. I had sent out there. They've been doing some little workshops for free if people wanted to go to them. Yeah. They're optional, but we'll do smartboard next week. Oh, okay. At this point, you are. I'm going to give you time to work. Um, ask questions. If you want to get a microphone over here and a headset and work on a screencast. If you've got an individual question that you'd like to ask and have me come help you with, I'd be happy to do that. Um, anybody want to ask a unit plan related question for the group before we work individually? Basically everything that's in italics is where you're going to put stuff in. Okay. I'll come by and collect your trial. You don't have to create ones that are nearly as elaborate. You definitely have a very elaborate series. You don't have to be super elaborate. You need to fill it all at once. But you don't have to make a you know three week fully elaborated. Absolutely, yeah. Just come grab a headset. It doesn't need to be made. No, no. It can be a one day project. It can be three days. It's a very elaborate lesson. I mean, it's more than you would typically do in a regular lesson. Um, you want to do a good job because it's also submitted to the college. Yeah, I'm sure I have a little picture on the screen. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah.